San Diego's talk radio leader, 760 KFMB presents It's Your Money and Your Life. For the next hour, Richard Musio and Joe Vecchio will educate and inform you on matters related to your financial future, your life, and your leisure. Now, with It's Your Money and Your Life, here are Richard and Joe. All right, good evening, buddy. My name is Joe Vecchio, your co-host, announcer, and producer, coming to you from KFMB Studios with 50,000 watts of power. We're heard not just in San Diego County, but Orange County, L.A. County, up the coast of Seattle on a good night, down to Cabo, out to the desert. If you download the app for 760 KFMB, you can hear the show uh, as it airs on any device. And uh, also on, on uh, iTunes and the podcast, you can get us there under the title of the show. And, of course, all these podcasts are on IYMoney.com. Now time to introduce the main man of the hour. He's a CPA extraordinaire, a co- accomplished marathon runner, a best-selling author, a lecturer, a philanthropist, and a family office expert advising several high-net-worth families. His name is Richard Musil. Richard, good evening. How are you tonight? Doing great, Joe. I'm trying to get over this sinus thing. Yeah, everybody seems to have it with the little pollen and the scratchy throats. Uh, I guess. I just flew back from Hawaii on an airplane, so for me it may have been horrible air quality. I'm not sure. Well, that's part of it, too. But I I know a lot of people are having little touches of bronchitis and whatnot, so just uh, ride it out. Drink your weak tea. I don't think you drink tea either, right, Richard? No, I don't. No tea. Well, all right. Lots of water. All right. Water with honey and lemon and water and hot water, I guess. There so, you go. But anyway, today's show is going to be about uh, pension funds and retirement plans and uh, how a lot of them have been decimated in both the public and private sectors. But as a lead into that, Richard, uh, you are working on a huge case uh, about uh, involving Mary Kay Cosmetics retired directors, I believe. Uh, why don't you en- enlighten us on that and what's going on in that situation? Yeah, it's a non-qualified retirement plan. So here's the story. So starting in 1988, uh, women who achieved the status of national sales director with Mary Kay Cosmetics, arguably the most successful direct selling company in the history of the universe, um, at the age of 65, they have to retire and turn their businesses back over to Mary Kay in exchange for which they get 15 years of payments in retirement All from right, age don't, 65 don't, to don't 80. Don't rush it. This is complicated. Okay. So, okay. so that's what they get. And the average payment to a retiree is about 175000 a year. So the average retiree gets about $2.5 bucks over 15 years. Well, <clears throat> Mary Kay has been— Now, that's why? Because that's part of their pension or retirement plan? That well, it's they... a non-qualified retirement plan. Okay. Which okay. means Which what? means it's not a— formal pension it's if you read the agreement it's in exchange for turning their valuable goodwill and other business assets over to mary Kay. that's what the preamble to the contract says Mm -hmm. and then complying with a 15-year covenant not to solicit or compete or interfere in that income stream that goes back to mary Kay. and so because they built up so such oh yeah i mean you have have women who've built up networks of thirty thousand people yeah for example wow 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 okay okay so for 15 years they get those payments and the business goes back to mary Kay, and on it goes and in the last 30 years about 225 women have been retired by mary Kay in this fashion but unbeknownst to the retirees this was always sold to them as you are selling your business back to mary Kay. And you're agreeing not to compete or interfere in that income stream for the 15 years that we're making payments back to you. And if you do interfere, Mary Kay, of course, enforces their legal rights vigorously in civil court. So let me ask you down quickly, Dallas. that, yep. that, that 175K, that's just for 15 years or is that till the end of their life? No, 15 years, that's about the average per year. Okay. Uh, there's right. women who receive close to a half million a year for 15 years and, wow. and some less. So that's wow. about, that's average. Okay. So it's a lot of money. Right. But unbeknownst to the retirees, instead of telling the IRS and the United States government that the payments are for what the contract says they're for, which is selling their goodwill back to Mary Kay and agreeing not to compete or interfere in the income stream for 15 years. 
we learned a number of years ago when women started getting audited by the Internal Revenue Service that Mary Kay has been telling the government that these payments are instead something called deferred compensation. Oh, my God. Um, And, of course, there was great abuse in the deferred compensation arena. Oh, 10, 15 years ago with companies like Enron that necessitated (laughs) a new code section, code section 409A, to prevent those abuses. And so Mary Kay has been telling the government, actually for 30 years, hey, these payments are actually deferred compensation, but they've been only telling the government, the IRS, that. So we've been embroiled in this dispute with the government, the IRS. So the impact to the retirees is what? Well, here's the impact. So nobody debates the fact that the women have to pay ordinary income tax on their retirement payments, but the government says, the IRS says, they additionally owe self-employment tax on their 15 years of payments, even though they're no longer self-employed, they're retired. Which can equate to what? It's 15.3% of what they get paid. So in addition to here's somebody in California who might be at a 30% federal rate, plus California is 10 to 13. Now the government wants an additional 15.3 to tax it as self-employment so earnings, so even though they're precluded from working because of the contract. So it's almost, ha- it's almost 50%. Yeah, it's 50% saying- of, of what you're getting. And wow. of course, the, the benefit is based on 60% of the commissions you were getting before you retired. So you're taking a pay cut anyway. Wow, wow, wow. wow. So- but, but So we're embroiled in this dispute as to whether or not these payments should be subject to self-employment tax mm. as deferred compensation. The really interesting fact being that not a single penny of compensation was ever deferred from the time that they were active national sales directors to their post-retirement years. In other words, they earned 100% of their commissions while still active, yeah. while still active. So what's the status of the, uh, and how many women is this affecting? Uh, There's about 225 retirees. Right. About a third of them have gotten through 15 years uh, because it started back in 87, 88. Okay. Uh, there's about 150 women under audit. Right. And, and it's, it's not going well because the government has very deep pockets. And Mary yeah. Kay, of course, has sided with the government. They have very deep pockets, pockets and very deep debt. So, <laughs> Well, it's true. So anyway, these, these, well, these poor women, all of whom are over age 65, most of whom are over age 70, are all now faced with this additional income tax liability of self-employment tax so, so on payments. How, so how's it getting resolved? Is it all happening in one courtroom? or is No, uh, there's been a multitude of tax court cases. That hasn't really gone that well yeah. uh, because the judges tend to refuse to um, uh, have appear as witnesses the people who actually signed the contract back in 1988. They don't want wow. to interview those people for some strange reason. All right. Well, we'll stay tuned. It's still not. It's still not. Totally still not resolved. Sa- okay. We'd well. love to get legislation changed yeah. to exempt these women from well, self-employment tax. Uh, retired insurance salesmen yeah. got a similar exemption back in 1997. With what company? Uh, from companies like Allstate, State Farm, Nationwide, Code Section 1402K. Gotcha. Okay, well, uh, that's a good lead into this show because on the line... We're going to be talking about decimated retirement savings. Right, exactly. (laughs) So we have uh, two experts. One is in uh, Colorado. His name is Ed Beltram. He's the, uh, the Vice President of Communications for the National Retiree Legislative Network. Welcome to the show, Ed. Hello, Joe and Richard. Yeah, good to hear from you. And then also in Washington, D.C., we have the Executive Vice President and Policy Director for the Pension Rights Center, and her name is Karen Friedman. Karen, welcome to our show. Hi, great to be here. Thank yeah, you. Likewise. What would you think of uh, Richard's situation there? Is that one you want to weigh in on that? Have you ever heard anything like that? Uh, I do not know enough to weigh in, but we will be happy to, to um, help find some additional lawyers to look at this situation and 
yeah, it's, it's, it's an outrageous situation because obviously the way it sounds like the way that the company, you know, sold it to the women mm-hmm. um, is not what it was. And it's it wasn't really a retirement plan. Right. So it sounds like the IRS is taking the position. It's not it's it's uh, it's income. It's yeah. it's not uh, it's not deferred uh yeah, they're saying it's not right. right. So, right. so, so the you know, so it it does sound very unfair, yeah. fair to these people, and and certainly, um, you know, I was going to tell you guys about this, and we deal with more retirement plans and and uh, pension plans and whatnot, but but the Pension Rights Center, among many other things, we provide uh, uh, technical assistance to six regional pension counseling projects around the country that were set up to help people with their individual problems. Mm. So the, at the end of the show, I'll give you the number for the Western States Pension Assistance Project. Nice. So anybody who has, you know, pension yes, uh, retirement questions, yeah. they can reach out to our lawyers who are at the Western States Pension Assistance Project, which covers California. Yeah, and then as a, by way of uh, my, uh, a story I heard, my friend's uh, father-in-law worked. Um, I think one of the, I don't know if it's McDonald's, Douglas, one of the big companies before the war, goes off to World War II, comes back, works all those years, retires just recently, and was supposed to get 4000 a month for his uh, retirement plan. And guess what? Slashed that to, uh, I believe, $800. And I mean, these cases, you, you hear this going on all over the country, right? If con- companies reform or, or they uh, go bankrupt or. Uh, merge uh, or, or buy lots of life insurance yeah. to benefit executives. So um, <laughs> anyway, I'm sure you have some data on on some of these things, and uh, and of course, Alan Schultz is what inspired me to even get a hold of you folks. She wrote a book called Retirement Heist and how the companies have plundered the uh, retirement plans of American workers, and it's really disturbing. But anyway, we're coming up on a break, so we're going to come back with Karen Friedman from the Pensions Rights Center and Ed Beltram from the NRLN. Right after these announcements. All right, we're back with Ed Beltran, Vice President of Communications for the National Retiree Legislative Network, and Karen Friedman. She's the Executive Vice President and Policy Director of the Pension Rights Center, Washington, D.C. Uh, let's start with Ed and go over your bio a little bit, Ed. And uh, you've been at this five decades, right? Uh, yes, I have. And uh, uh, most of my uh, career was uh, spent with uh, a company uh, that was called Lucent Technologies, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that has been acquired by uh, uh, Nokia. Mm-hmm. So I spent 35, uh, 30, uh, 31 years, 28 years uh, in the uh, factory in Oklahoma City as a human resources and communications manager. Uh-huh. In the last three years, I handled uh, communications for the sales teams in out of Denver uh, in the western half of the uh, the country. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, did you have a problem with your pension at some point? What inspired you to get involved with the NRLN? Uh, well, I first uh, got involved with the Lucent Retirees Organization uh, back in uh, uh, 2003, whenever it was uh, formed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we had a uh, representative who is, uh, who is now... Uh, on the who's now the president of the NRLN, Bill Catterite, uh, mm-hmm. is also a Lucent retiree, and he went on to the uh, board of the 
uh, NRLN, and eventually when he became president, he asked me to uh, handle communications uh, mm-hmm. for the organization. Uh, we represent about uh, 2 million retirees uh, across the nation in all 50 uh, states. We're a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization, mm-hmm. uh, and people come to us uh, from uh, retiree associations and chapters uh, that the NLRN has formed, and mm-hmm. also uh, uh, individuals that uh, sign up uh, to receive our communications over our uh, website at www www.nrn.org. Right. Now, uh, I saw the Ellen Schultz uh, presentation, which your organization hosted in 2011 when her book was released, Retirement Heist. And uh, maybe you could just lay out some of the, the uh, talking points. Uh, it's very daunting, the, the, what she explains in her book and in that talk about how companies have destroyed, I guess they had $250 billion in excess uh, funds f- uh, designated for retirement. And uh, before you know it, they start hacking away and using it for health care and executive compensation and early retirement and all these things they weren't supposed to use it for. And uh, pretty much they've all been destroyed now. Is that an accurate assessment? Uh, Yes. Ellen Ellen did a great job uh, with her her book. And at the time that she was working for the uh, Wall Street Journal, uh, she did a lot of stories on uh, retirees who really encountered uh, very – uh, devastating problems because yep. of changes uh, in their in their pension plans. Yeah. You know, in 1975, uh, about 88 percent of the uh, people in the private sector uh, had a pension, and that number's down to around the 30 uh, percent range uh, right. these days. Yeah, but uh, when, uh, can I ask you? A qu- I mean, but I mean, sure. historically, the grand bargain was was you would work for a company for 40 for 45 years, and then you would retire, and they would take care of you. I guess. That's why at least two generations of workers, maybe close to three, mm-hmm. if it's post World War and, II, and that, and that and that pension promise no longer exists. Is right, what no. Ed it is kind exist. of saying, right? I mean, what's happening now is employers really want to get out of the business of even providing pensions, and yeah. so, uh, you know, all right. First of all, I, I want to just step back by saying that only about fifty percent of the private workforce has pensions or, or retirement savings to supplement Social Security. And that's been a stubborn fact for about th- three decades. Mm-hmm. But as Ed pointed out, um, in, the, in the good old days, you know, more people had defined benefit plans. And then 401k plans were really established um, and, and took hold, you know, re- really became popular in the, in the 1990s. And a lot of companies started to drop or freeze their plans in, um, in favor of 401k plans. So a lot of uh, you know, pension plans have been cut back or slashed, um, and there's a new phenomenon, which I'll talk about a little bit later, where uh, certain multi-employer plans, which um, I'll get, get into, it's a certain type of um, uh, pension plan that's negotiated with a union and, and multiple employers, are were authorized by Congress to start cutting the retirees' benefits by as much as 50 to 70 percent, which is one of the big issues the Pension Rights Center is working on now. Let me ask you this question. And, and when companies changed from a, uh, a defined uh, benefit uh, pension plan and went to the 401ks, uh, the amount of money that they uh, contributed uh, was cut in about half of what they had contributed to pension yeah. plans. Plus, with 401ks, you're relying on employees to voluntarily participate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But yes, me, I mean with 401k plans, everything, I mean that's the whole thing. It's it's a shift to do it yourself saving. Right. And actually the you know and and the truth of the matter is that, you know, 401k plans have largely been a uh, sort of a policy disaster. You know, half of all households only have about $59,000 accumulated in their accounts. And for those closest to retirement, it's closer to 103000 yeah, But, but well, imagine making that last through retirement. 
So, you know, the 401k plans rely on, you know, first the, the, you know, the company has to provide one. Then you have to be able to be eligible to participate in one. Mm. Then you put in your own money. You have to decide how to invest that money. Um, even if you do everything right, most people don't have enough money to put in. But even if you did everything right, you still have to make the money last throughout your right. whole retirement. And people are living longer and longer. Uh, uh, so and of course, it's, uh, it's kind uh, of a failed. It's kind of a failed experiment. Yeah. And of course, Wall Street loves them though because they're probably making all kinds of fees and things and such. I would imagine. But let me ask you this because. I was, uh, I was talking to Bill Press recently, and I don't know if any studies have been done, and I don't know what your homeless situation is like there, but it's gone up uh, in San Diego exponentially, and I think in other cities. And I'm just wondering, if, has anyone done any research or connected any dots between decimated pensions and the increase in homelessness and perhaps maybe the opioid and meth crises as well? Uh, I don't know if any social studies have been done. Have, you, have you, anybody connected those dots? Well, you know, I think that's a, a really interesting point. I'm not sure that there have been studies. One of the things we're trying to do, and again, I'll just say that um, in, in 2014, Congress passed a law that allows for the first time for uh, folks, truck drivers and bakery workers and others, uh, for their pensions to be cut as a way of balancing the books of these multi-employer pension plans. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's been about uh, four plans that have uh, have been accepted by the government to to cut benefits, and we've talked to those guys, and yeah, they're making that point. They're saying, "Whoa, you know, we're ta- pensions are not just about individuals, right? They take care of families, you know, they the spouses, and then um, now, you know, if there's an unemployed uh, son or daughter, it's often the you know the person with the pension that's going to pay for that, pays for houses. So yeah, you cut pensions, you're going to end up, you know, cutting. Uh, you know, the lifeline for several generations, not mm-hmm. to mention the fact if you kept pensions, all the people that had pensions and were living in a solid middle-class life when they retired will no longer be able to use that money in the community, so it's going to affect the economy. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. uh, the closing of all those factories, I've heard it's up to 66,000 now. Maybe you have another number, but we've closed a, a ton of factories here over the last, I guess, 20 years or, or so, and all those people have lost um, you know, their jobs and their pensions. And when you mentioned Enron, you know, and there was, I think, 22,000 or 28,000 employees, and, of course, that's families, too, and... Um, I guess you saw the documentary at the end of it. I mean, uh, you know, they were supposed to have 350,000, 400,000 perhaps saved up in this. And this lineman said, I'm, I'm living on, I think it was 1,200 a month now or something, uh, you know, out of that. What? But, you mean that Enron stock became worthless? Well, wasn't that for my next job? Well, that was, I mean, this is a side. <laughs> yeah. a side Mine <laughs> certainly did. Yeah. This is separate <laughs> and apart from the stock, Richard. It was the, I know. The, you destroy a company or they go bankrupt. I mean, you're destroying the pensions for all these families, and it's. Uh, I, it's we have a major poverty problem in, uh, in this country, and the media do not say the word poverty anymore, uh, and it uh, it just bog, bugs me because it's obviously yeah. Out and, and there. P- pensions have been a, a a poverty prevention tool on top of Social Security. Keep yeah. in mind, there's two types of retirement plans, right? So in a in a um, sort of traditional what they call a defined benefit plan, which is a, a you know a real pension that's earned. Um, where the uh, employer puts in money for individuals and they get a set uh, guaranteed pension for life. In corporate pension plans, even if a plan 
uh, were to go bankrupt, there's a federal private pension insurance program mm-hmm. that um, will insure most of those benefits, and especially if you're retired, and it's probably too complicated for now. But if you're in a 401k plan, there is no such insurance program. So that's why the people in Enron lost everything. No, yeah. it's the federal, and also the companies are, are doing what they call uh, what's called de-risking. In other words, they're placing all the risk on the uh, uh, on the uh, retiree. Uh, companies like uh, General Motors, uh, Sears, uh, Motorola, uh, by the de-risking, uh, what they have done, they've offered uh, lump sums uh, to the individuals who would uh, decide to take it. And then the others, uh, they buy an insurance company annuity. Yeah. And whenever they buy that annuity uh, and they receive their pensions uh, from the uh, insurance company, yeah. uh, then the uh, it goes, uh, you know, where the <clears> – <throat> excuse me. Uh, that the uh, if the insurance company goes belly up, uh, gotcha. then they lose everything. They yeah, don't have the PBC. Yeah, let's hold it right protection. there. We're going to be back with Karen Freeman of the Pension Rights Center, Netta Beltram with the NRLN right after this. Hang on. All right, welcome back to the award-winning It's Your Money and Your Life, and this is the time where Richard likes to thank our sponsors. Big thank you to our, all of our sponsors. Could not do this show without them. We've got lots of CPAs because we love CPAs. Tax season just ended. Well, it seems like it never ended because of the IRS system crashing and things getting extended to April 18th. But how about Signature Analytics? Great CFO service company headed up by Jason Kruger, also more traditional CPAs, Polito Epic CPAs, tax returns, financial statements and such. And for those of you who want a very efficient income tax preparation process, check out happytax.com, an app-based paperless approach to getting income tax returns done quite efficiently. Also, our great friend Joel Gruskin, cost segregation initiatives, helping real estate owners improve their cash flow. Paul Hines. Paul, of course, is the CEO of Hearthstone Private Wealth Management, all fiduciary all the time. He also is the catalyst behind SeniorSafeAndSound.org, helping to prevent financial abuse of the elderly. Also, VFO Hub, that's V like Victor, FOHub.com, a great family office solution, also helping wealth advisors make heroes out of CPAs to the CPA's very best clients. Michelle St. Clair, Elite Lifestyle Management. For those of you who have no time and want to get your most precious asset back, that would be your time. Elite Lifestyle Management is a great concierge service helping from simple things like travel arrangements to the more complicated, like getting a fishing license on a beach in Cuba. They can do it all for those of you who have no time. Also, Prediction Works. Prediction Works, a great service, analytically driven company that looks at startup opportunities very analytically to predict where you should put your money and where you should run in the other direction from, which is about 95% of the things you'll look at if you are in the startup business world. Again, Prediction works.com also for those of you who are skipping dinner to listen to our show we appreciate that but if you're getting hungry how about Solana Beach Coffee Company up in Solana Beach great breakfast and lunch and coffee products and of course some food sponsors who've been with us even longer than Solana Beach Coffee Company right Joe? Absolutely it's a very good food foundation headed up by Michelle Ciccarelli Ciccarelli Lirac they put on great foodie programs throughout the year and sustainability they got a great one coming up May 20th 
about food as medicine, and also the Stats Coffee Houses, the original on Adams Avenue, and also Park Boulevard and University Avenue, all open 24-7, 365. Great food, great people watching, and packed all the time. And I know many of these sponsors have been working with you, Richard, for about 30 years, right? Going on a long time. <laughs> we talk about decades, not yes. years. So if you get over to iwaymoney.com, there's a sponsor tab, a drop-down menu. You can learn all about uh, any or all of our sponsors and how they can help you in your personal and business lives. And now back to Ed Beltram in Colorado with the National Retiree Legislative Network and Karen Friedman in Washington, D.C. So, Karen. With um, the Pension Rights Center. Karen, before you talk a little about the Pension Rights Center, um, it strikes me that you have a unique challenge because you're sort of sitting here talking about the good old days when companies took care of people who worked for them for 40 or 45 years. But now we're in a so-called new economy, you know, where there's outsourcing and the uberization of all kinds of different industries and professions. Where forget about pension rights, people barely have employment rights because everybody's become an independent contractor. Mm -hmm. um, is that a particular challenge, the direction that the economy in the U.S. seems to be going, where outsourcing? Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that's something we're really thinking about. I mean, we, we're constantly looking at how to, you know, the Pension Rights Center, we're a national consumer rights organization that works to protect and promote the retirement rights of workers, retirees, and their families. And in our policy shop, the way we look at it is we want to protect the rights of people who are in the system today, but we also, one of our big challenges is coming up with a new system for the future, something where, you know, everybody, um, whether you're an independent contractor or you're, uh, you know, gainfully employed, you know, can can have adequate retirement income. And of course, and, I'm, and I know Ed will agree with me on this, and the most important thing, of course, is also that we keep Social Security strong. But, you know, I think that we are. We're moving into a, a new economy um, and I think that, um, you know, I always like to say that the uh, leaders of the new economy, they're just like, you know, the old days of the robber barons, but they wear hoodies. Um, and, you know, these guys only care about really, you know, creating profits. And I think there's, there's going to be a, a huge uh, loss in labor rights and also in, uh, in, in, in retirement rights. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is going to be uh, a, a huge new territory for all of us to, yeah. to address. But, but um, as I said before, uh, you know, we, we try to, um, you know, protect people who are, who are in the system today yeah. as well as trying to come up with new solutions. I, I want to make sure our listeners have your website, which is pensionrights.org, pensionrights.org. There's a lot of great information there about how they can help you and, and what's going on with a lot of pension plans. I see on your homepage hospital workers in Rhode Island now, they may be getting screwed out of their pension, it looks like. Uh, yeah, there's a whole there's a whole thing on that. I also before I get there, I just want to also give out another number, which is the Western States Pension Assistance Project, and okay. their number uh, toll free is eight six six four one three four nine one one. So if you're anywhere in California and you need help with a pension or retirement um, question uh, or problem that you have in yeah. terms of um, what, enforcing what, what, your one rights, one more time, that was eight six six four one three four nine one 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that they're they're a terrific resource, and they can they can really really help people. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's so many issues. So, you well, know, what are the issues the, that we work? Let's talk about the oh, multi-employer. Multi you wanted to hit that a little bit, didn't you? The multi-employer. Well, yeah, I talked about it a little bit before, uh, but yeah, this is a this is a big. This is probably our top policy priority right now. Um, I'll just do it quickly, mm -hmm. uh, and I I know Ed will will probably want to weigh in on this too. But um, there was uh, back in 2014, Congress passed a really bad law called the Multi-Employer Pension Reform Act which just simply put, allowed trustees of underfunded multi-employer plans to 
cut the benefits of retirees by as much as 50 to 70 percent in order to balance the books of, of those plans. We have worked with tens of thousands of retirees across the country, truck drivers, also NRLN, um, and bakery workers and spouses. And we basically uh, have have helped uh, work in a, in a revolution to try to overturn this law. Um, as a result of all the work, especially the grassroots, the Butch Lewis Act of 2017 was introduced uh, by Senator Sherrod Brown of Ohio and also Congressman Neal of Massachusetts. And then while that's kind of moving, uh, you know, getting co-sponsors and whatnot, uh, Congress, as part of the budget deal, set up something called the Joint uh, Select Committee uh, on the Solvency of Multi-Employer Plans. And the short the, my short pitch is that everybody should be writing Congress mm-hmm. uh, to tell them, tell people to support the Butch Lewis Act and say that we need a new solution um, to to solve these problems and one that does not uh, uh, do this on the backs of retirees because maybe, it's, it's maybe, an outrage. It was mentioned law. earlier that the uh, you know PBGC serves as a safety net, but uh, in the case of the uh, multi-employer plans, uh, the PBGC has assets of about uh, two billion dollars and the to cover uh, 67 billion in, in liability. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. 3 cents that on the correct. dollar. That's correct. There's two there's two programs I won't get into it one that ensures corporate plans and if you if your plan goes under under that system uh retirees get as much as 60 or $65,000 a year and under the multi-employer system because they thought these plans could never go under uh the guarantee levels are really low like $12,000 a year. Um, and, uh, and that program is, uh, you know, on, you know, if there's one big plan that goes under, it's going to pull the PBGC down with it. So what we're trying to do is we are trying to say, look, these are promises made to retirees. We've got to save the system. Uh, the Butch Lewis Act is basically a loan, uh, that, and the proceeds that, that, and would be financed by, um, by new bonds that would be, uh, issued by a department in the Treasury, and then the loans would go to plans to first protect the retirees and then to to get the plans in good shape. Um, We're supportive of that and other approaches. You know, back in 1983, it's worth noting that the uh, railroad retirement system uh, was going under, and Ronald Reagan, with the help of uh, Senator Hatch, um, bailed it out, but now you know those kinds of solutions are yeah. just not and really course, looked and at course, anymore. And briefly, in the uh, in the public sector, they say those pension funds. I know it's not your expertise, or you're dealing more in the private sector. But I've seen a number as high as seven trillion unfunded, and I know of a case in in Kentucky where they're the worst in the country. I think they only have thirteen point six percent of the money they need to pay their retirees. So. Uh, I think there's going to be some big legal stuff hitting the fan that you'll be hearing about soon with regard to that. But um, um, the public pensions are in trouble, too, right? Yeah, well, it, the, often for different reasons. And, again, most, I want to say this. Most multi-employer plans are doing pretty well. Um, most public plans are doing pretty well. There's a handful of plans that are not doing well. It's mostly in the public sector because mm-hmm. legislators have not funded those plans. Yeah. Everybody's going after retirees and saying, oh, you know, the pensions, they're bankrupting the cities, they're yeah. bankrupting the states. Yeah. And, you know, what about teachers? And, yeah. you know, my basic feeling on that is we have enough money in this country to be able to fund education and fund our let's, our, our pensions and, and of, of revi- retirees who let, served. Let's right? revisit that after our break. We're going to come back with Karen Friedman and Ed Beltram all about pensions right after this. Hang on. 
All right, we're talking all about pensions, retirement plans. Uh, much of them have been really uh, decimated over the years, and uh, for the reasons that were discussed earlier. We're talking with Karen Friedman with the Pension Rights Center in Washington, D.C., and Ed Beltram, who's in Colorado with the National Retiree Legislative Network. And, and Ed, you wanted to make a few more points in this last segment, so go for it. Uh, there's uh, three areas that the uh, NLRN is lobbying for uh, for legislation to protect uh, ben- uh, pension benefits. Uh, uh, one of one way the companies are uh, doing financial uh, engineering uh, and uh, reducing the requirement to put more money into their pension plans uh, is by merging pension plans. Uh, a uh, situation of this was uh, back in uh, 2014 when uh, CenturyLink, a uh, telecom uh, company, uh, merged uh, its uh, uh, Quest pension plan, which was funded at 91 percent, uh, with the uh, CenturyLink plan and the uh, Embark plan. To, uh, Embark is a company that they uh, uh, purchased. Uh, those two plans were funded in the 73 to 74 percent range. When they combined it, uh, the uh, it wound up uh, providing an 81 percent funded pension plan, uh, and the uh, Quest retirees uh, lost uh, millions of dollars. In, uh, in terms of uh, pension security. So uh, that's one area where we're trying to get legislation passed to require that uh, the companies would have to go to the PBGC and the IRS to gain advance approval mm-hmm. before combining uh, pension plans. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other area is uh, what we call uh, uh, pensions that are uh, become uh, at risk in mergers, acquisitions, and spinoffs. Uh, we want uh, uh, legislation that will provide uh, retirees with the assurance that uh, that, uh, that they will be protected uh, and that we want the PBGC to have the authority to uh, go after uh, companies' funds that uh, that are not necessarily uh, in in America, but uh, uh, you know, funding that uh, would come in from uh, from foreign assets, mm-hmm. and also uh, in the area of bankruptcy reform, retirees really aren't treated uh, fairly in uh, in bankruptcies, uh, and uh, one of our uh, groups, uh, the Avaya retirees, uh, they just went through the bankruptcy process, and the uh, their uh, PBGC has picked up their uh, uh, pension plan for the uh, salaried uh, via retirees, mm-hmm. but the uh, ones who had uh, non-qualified uh, uh, plans uh, as a supplemental plan to their pension plans are going to get pennies on the dollar for their supplemental plan. So we think there's legislation needed in the area of uh, corporate bankruptcy reform also. Yeah. My friend uh, Bill Lirax has uh, been a successful attorney out here in the class action world. He seems to think that perhaps, and maybe in the public sector, if we floated a national bond uh, to um, a federal bond to to bail out the, at least the public uh, pensions, uh, has that been done successfully any place else? Um, floating a, um, a a municipal bond or a federal security of some sort? Um, I I don't know anything that's happening on that in the public sector. But what we're uh, what the the Butch Lewis Act is trying to do is is um, you know sell po- bonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, for loans to, uh, uh, to 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 help these multi-employer plans, so I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, it's just disheartening when you hear employers say, "Well, sorry, people are living too long." Uh, I mean, my gosh, <laughs> that's that's a, that's a bad reason. Well, it's a, I mean, we need look. Here's here's the buzz, guys. We, we you know, 
you you hit the nail on the head before when you were talking about the, the economy is changing radically and quicker than we could even conceive of it. Mm-hmm. And the truth is right now what we need to do is we need to keep the jobs that we have. We need to be uh, – we need to make sure that there's income when people are working and also when they retire. There's always going to be a need on both ends. So we have to make sure that young people who are driving Ubers and – other stuff, and mm-hmm. in older people too, by the way, yeah. um, that you know they start thinking about this stuff because we're becoming a promiseless, rightless, you know, rightsless society. Yeah. Where all of a sudden it's like, oh well, you know, what can you do? New jobs, like let's get rid of everything. But you know, we need to. to we, our labor laws have to be, uh, you know, um, reexamined, and also, you know, on retirement issues, we need to be able to protect people. Um, in this economy. Are there, are, and, and haven't there been other challenges with benefits from companies, for example, on the healthcare side, companies that used to provide healthcare benefits to retirees as supplemental maybe to uh, Medicare? Uh, those things have gone away. And as Joe mentions, people live longer. Of course, the cost of healthcare tends to drive up. The older one gets. Ha- haven't yeah, there most, been other uh, benefits uh, been taken away? A great number of companies have uh, have dropped their health care uh, plans for, for retirees, particularly once they uh, turn uh, age 65 and are eligible for, for Medicare. They have dropped those uh, those plans. Uh, yeah. We lobbied for a number of years uh, to for a bill to uh, protect the benefits of, uh, yeah. of retirees, mm-hmm. uh, but never got any traction with Congress. It's the old corporate. Yeah, because yeah. unlike in pensions, there's a federal private pension law called ERISA that was passed mm-hmm. in 1974. So once you've earned a pension um, and you have the, you know, you have a vested right to it, it can't be taken away. That does not exist in retiree health. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, so the, we've been very supportive and working very closely with NRLN on these issues. Yeah, it's all about private. Now, there's something called mm-hmm. a reservation of rights clause that most companies have in their benefits plans mm-hmm. that's down in the fine print that very few employees uh, uh, ever read, and uh, what it means is that uh, the company reserves the right to uh, change the benefits, whether it's the health care benefits or a life insurance benefit, uh, uh, at any time. Yeah, how about that? Well, it's all about privatizing the profit and socializing the risk. It, it goes on <laughs> That's and on. exactly true. <laughs> right, right. It's unfortunate. Hey, do any other countries do it better or worse than we do with regard to retiree plans, uh, retirement plans? Um, well, you know, we look at other countries. There, you know, Australia has some interesting models. The Netherlands has some interesting models. Better or worse? You know, every everybody has you know challenges, um, but we're 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 looking at um, new models for the future mm-hmm. that might offload uh, benefits from employers, where there'd be more like independent pension plans, where employers and employees could put in money. Um, and you know, sort of the the, the risks would be pulled. And I get it. All of that kind of stuff. But that's going to be a long term project. Maybe, maybe a private company. That's all they do is uh, is uh, pension benefits aside and apart from. Um, I like that idea because it kind of gets it out of the hands of the. And of course, you have to put all kinds of federal restrictions on that and the lockbox. Yeah, you and, do. That's you, the thing. I mean, know. there needs to be. There always needs to be a lot of regulation and oversight mm-hmm. because if not. Um, then those who make the profits will uh, will always so, uh, have the upper hand. So could that be a maybe a public public private partnership, perhaps? Because uh, I mean, the PBGC is is it's kind of what they're supposed to do is underwrite these. Uh, like, uh, well, it's a, it's a little different. They're wrinkle. more of a they're they're an they're, insurance. They're the the private insurance it. program that was it. set up so to backstop 
you pension know, plan you know, if they they go under. But you know the PPGC has. I mean, you know everything is legislation, right? I mean, you can change and decide how you're going to do things to to make things more efficient. And I I really think. I mean, you know, and I'm speaking more here as Karen Freeman, not the Pension Rights Center. But I really really think that you know we need to just um, explode for the future mm-hmm. options and and try to figure out what's going to work because. Uh, you know, we're we're entering a brave new world here. All right, um, so I got for the future. I've got an idea for you. There's a guy named Jack Bogle who runs the Vanguard Fund. I think their valuation is about four trillion or so. And then there's a guy like George, so he, he can fund wait, the whole thing. Wait a minute, George. Wait a minute, George Soros. Is George another, Soros. Another guy. Yeah. So maybe these are the type of guys who might want to break out a new special pension fund company that uh, does the th- sort of thing you're talking about. What do you think of that idea? Yeah, I mean, I think it's great if you could get me a if you could get me a meeting. With George Soros, I'd love it. <laughs> yeah, and Jack Bogle before he and Bogle too. Yeah, and, is quite and, the guy. and Jack Bogle's fabulous. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you on both of them. So, they're 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 very creative. So and, Marshall, and also you're very rich. Get out, yeah, get your forces together. But you got if you got to give them a little, you know, profit incentive too to do this. But Bogle's very modest. You know, he only makes eighty million a year with on a forty trillion dollar company, and people laugh at him for that. But uh, he's he's been a great well, guy. Well, Bo- yeah, Bogle founded Vanguard, but you know yes. he's not there anymore. He's retired, but he right. but he is a big thinker on these issues. Right. Yeah, he is. You got to get him. And, and then Warren Buffett, hit him up. Hit those three guys up and maybe you'll we'll get some solutions on this. What do you think? Well, it's a good idea. Warren Buffett and Amazon are trying to do some things in the uh, healthcare arena to bring down the uh, the cost of healthcare. Maybe we can direct their attention to pensions also. Yeah, and of course... I think it's a great idea. I think that we do. I yeah. think we have to come up with new and creative solutions, and go just like everybody else. I mean, the Pension Rights Center is open to new solutions, yeah, right? Yeah, after you Bill know, Gates. You, you, Bill Gates has that thing where everyone's pledged uh, all their money off all these billionaires, so maybe that's part of the solution. So anyway, Karen Friedman with the Pension Rights Center, Washington, D.C., thank you so so much for being our guest. And, thank you. And, and Ed Beltram in Colorado with the National Retiree Legislative Network. Thank you, Ed. Glad Rich, to be with you. Thank you. Richard Musio, great seeing you. Justin Harder, board operator. Thanks for making the sound terrific. Thanks to Craig Blanke and Dave Sniff here at KFMB. All these podcasts are commercial free on iymoney.com. We're going on hiatus. We'll see you later. Take care.